Hello and welcome to the penultimate episode of the FIFA Women's World Cup Australia New Zealand series of Your Sports Memo Podcast. My name is Calvin Emekonwuka and it is my privilege to have you join us. On Sunday morning, GMT, London and Lagos time, the 64th match of the tournament will take place. England and Spain will battle out to become the new winner of the Women's World Cup. There have been some truly outstanding matches and goals in the previous 62 matches. My panelists in the pod will help me go through some of this before we preview the final. I've got with me in the pod um, Blessing for away, Afro Lucy and our own Octopus Dufan, Ivan Spendling, she's also here, and Odwario Ruth. Ladies, it is my... Well, we have the organ. It's my privilege to ask you to to have you come on board with us on this episode of your Sports Memo Podcast. I'm glad to be here. It's been an exciting tournament, so it's exciting to be here this morning. Thank you, Lucy. I don't know what's wrong with you others. I'm not answering. Um, Ruth and Dufan, I did welcome you. Um, where do we start? Dufan, are you Thank ready? You. Dufan, yes, yes. Yes, you, you were the one right from the beginning of the tournament. You were very, very clear that you expected England to win um, this tournament, and they're now in the final. In fact, you should be part of the role which have turned their Nigerian passports because even when we played England in the round of 16, you you were not, um, you were still supporting England to beat your own country. But tell me, what was it about, what is it about England that made you that comfortable or that confident about how they were going to behave in this tournament? Um, I don't know. I think uh, it's mostly the coach. I mm. ever since I ever since he took um, she became the enormous coach. I I don't know. Ever since I watched Lioness play, I knew they were onto great things. And them winning finalissima and the Euros, that cannot be a mistake. So mm. yeah, if they could win the Euros, then I mean, what's stopping them from winning the World Cup? Yeah, I mean, okay, Serena has like this major demerit of she always playing the same players every time. So, but besides that, I think there's nothing stopping them from winning the World Cup. I, I, in this situation, I, I am biased because I mean, I'm a Lioness fan and I really can, you know, keep my bias away and say what I think or feel like I could win the World Cup but I think Spain I see England winning it seriously because I mean Spain wait, and England has played wait wait wait, for... wait, 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 wait. we'll preview the final later but um, the tournament as a whole um, I'm sure because earlier in one of the in one of the um, previous episodes, I, I remember Lucy saying something that even though she's not watched many tournaments, many World Cup tournaments, that this this was um, this has been one of the best that she's watched thus far. So I, for that, I'm going to go to Lucy and ask her what 
what um what who which players or which matches or what has happened in this tournament uh stood out for you lucy so i think there's been a lot of you know amazing things that happened that has really i don't know surprised me made me excited just off the top of my head debut times um Morocco making it out of the group stages, especially after suffering a heavy defeat um, in their first game day. Um, Nigeria giving England a run for their money when we faced them in the round of 16. You know, um, we really put up a very decent and exciting performance that the game could have gone either way. We should have you won. You know, pushing them to... The, yes. We, in fact, we, if we had been more organized um, before, after the red card and right before extra time, I think we'd have gotten a goal that could have seen us um, proceed to the next round. Um, three African teams in the round of 16, that was amazing. And it's not like we, you know, got there by luck. You know, this is the first um, tournament, I think, first of the couple of editions where we didn't have any best mm. losers qualifying. Yep, yep, yep. It's You are either qualifying or you're not qualifying. So to see that for the first time when they do that, then you see African teams and qualifying from groups that had like powerhouses in Germany. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I think that's what has excited me the most. There's not been um, one game that was like a snooze fest. Everything has been very exciting the scores, even the performances from the teams and the players. Going into the tournament, someone was saying that, um, I forgot the team that they said was going to be like the small talks of the tournament, that they are going to score or concede like up to 100 goals or how many goals. You know, like we saw with, um, I think it was Thailand in 2019 with being in the USA group. But I think the highest um, amount of goals that a team scored the other one was probably six or seven. We didn't see anything that was like up to ten. And so it shows you because we really had some things that were we were coming to the um tournament and thinking, hey, we don't know how they're going to perform. Panama put three past France, even though they lost the game, but it's just the performances all around that has really excited me. Even the things that we thought were going to be weak showed mm. up. You know, put up the best performances and then obviously the surprise is Morocco coming um, into the round of six in Germany losing out and all of that and then Nigeria are doing well because I'm excited I was speaking to someone um, the other day and I was like I'm so glad we have Nadoze in goal because it just shows that at least for some time we have like a strong hand again in um, you know in goal so it's just seeing this and the prospect of Olympics next year the next FIFA Women's World Cup edition it's just exciting that we know that more is to come more is coming Blessing who, as um, following what Lucy just said, that uh, some um, um, African countries showed up, and frankly, almost every team that turned up at this tournament, they've they've properly turned up to 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 be counted. What, what who has stood up? Who has stood out for you, or what has stood out for you in the in this World Cup? Um, okay, apart from the African nations, uh, surprising. Um, I think some of the young stars that we expected them to kind of uh, perform, they did well as well. It wasn't disappointing from them. A very good example is Linda Caicedo, who 
Uh, for those of us who followed the under-17 World Cup on the 20, we had seen her in action, and we expected that you know she this this would be a homecoming of some sort. Where mm-hmm. I mean, the rest of the world gets to see her, and that was exactly what what we saw. I mean, they did so well getting to the quarterfinals. Eventually, you know, losing at the hands of um, the England. Yeah, I remember yes. very well. So I think that stood out for me as well. And then what also um, stood out really well for me. I don't know if, if I should say this in the glowing way possible or just to say uh, the old guns that we thought were going to pass the touch on to the next generation. We ca- I, I thought it was going to be like a big spent force for them, you know, okay. in terms of their performances. They themselves, you know, giving so much in terms of the performances that we know that, okay, this is the swan song. It's here, it's done and dusted. I didn't quite see that from, you know, some of those big guns. Uh, Megan Rapino wasn't exactly there. Alex Morgan wasn't exactly herself. She was a shadow of herself. Uh, same with Martha in Brazil as well. Mm. All of those big names, they didn't really... Uh, well, you could tell the guard was, was changing, yeah. but I'd expect so much in terms of their performance. Like, give us your final... I mean, throw it out of the park and tell us, yes, this is it. This is this is the bust up I'm done and I've, I've, I've given it all out on the pitch. I'm not saying they didn't give their half out every time they've had to, you know, represent their countries, but I, I expected so much more from them. I'd say that those are the two major things that kind of stood out for me in terms of the performances. Uh, the youngsters, I mean, they did so well. I said you particularly. I mean, uh, the, the youngster from Spain, uh, is it Parallelo now? I can't remember her name. Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's the one. She's, she's <laughs> probably the favorite for young player of the tournament already. Uh, but if there's anything we learned is that uh, this youngster, these are the stars for the future. They are the ones that we start, you know, uh, keeping our attention on. So those are the two things that, major things that are really stuck for me at this World Cup. Ruth, um, thank you for for being on the show. Uh, do you? Uh, um, Blessing was Blessing was talking about that these old guys that the way they were um, were excited that they would hand out, they would hand over um, their 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 boots to the younger generation. But who who who? I'm trying to see how I'm going to put this so that it won't sound too bad, but. Was that, who, which country or which player would you consider to have been your the biggest disappointment in the tournament for you, if any? Oh, good afternoon, sir. Great to be here. I hope you can hear me clearly. Yes, but there is an echo. Carry on. Oh, oh sorry. Sorry, that's how my significant thing is. Okay, anyways, um, in terms of um, being impressed, I think I'll go after what um, Lucy and um, Blessings said. Uh, was it Lucy? Um, I love the fact that three African nations said that Lincoln was the kind of um, the African contingent way before the World Cup. And also, there were a lot of upsets at the World Cup. Germany House, Brazil House, of the prestige, of course, France not making it to probably the semis. And then I think um, Sweden as well. And also, some of my favorite, Japan, not making it to the finals. I think. Um, this was one of two um, disappointment for me in terms of um, um, the things not making it to the not making it to the last stages of the tournament as I expected. But for the players, I, I really I wasn't really expecting much uh, from the players that Blessing mentioned. I wasn't really expecting much, so I was I say I was not really disappointed. I think she forgot to mention that she's as well. So she's uh, we we can actually refer to her as one of the big ones. So I, I don't think she's she at least she's been in the. Uh, in the mix for the past um, eight to ten years, so she 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 can be counted to be among 
among the old ones as well. So I wasn't really expecting much from them. Maybe because I was really looking forward to um to the younger ones lighting up the tournament and I was not really I've not been really disappointed so far um in James Archie. Like she rightly mentioned um the Spanish girl who has made it into the final she is so good for Spain and um did I say it I, I think after the fourth game I think it was um, Costa Rica Spain played. I can't remember their first game right now. Before they played Zambia, mm. I, I was just totally impressed with what with what the Spanish um, ladies put out there. I felt they were one of the most technical teams. Mm. I didn't even know they were going to get to the finals. I was expecting them to like at least made it to probably make it to the semis or the quarterfinals. Since it's just um, their third um, tournament so far, they, I think they've been at two World Cups already since 2019, and now. Yeah, in the final. So I'm just so super impressed with what they've done so far. And I really hope they can get to one over England in the final. You hope. Um, Shola, I, I I have to confess that I didn't know all of this until um they qualified for the final. Apparently there was such a big, big um um upheaval in in um, in Spain that fifteen fifteen of their first choice squad are not in this tournament in um, in Australia, New Zealand, and they have managed to be so what's the word so good to have made it as far as as um as far as the final. How, how, what what do we what do we put this down to? Sincerely, how, how do you how do you explain this kind of work done by 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 the squad? Because I, I when the I think it was when they beat Zambia 5-0 and um, what's her name scored this absolutely gorgeous Abelera it was scored a gorgeous first goal and I started thinking wow these people can play football and they've gotten this far despite all of that how, 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 who do we credit for this is it the coach who was able to say listen I'm going to go to this tournament with or without you people and all the young players who have decided we're going to show the rest who decide not to come. We'll show them we're good enough to represent the country. Hmm, interesting question. Well, I think we have to credit the coach for one. Because, I mean, if nothing goes right, the box stops at the coach's table. Hmm. But at the same time, I think Spain, whether I like it or not, Spain will always be blessed with quality players. And this is also coinciding with a time where it's like there's a new change of guard in women's football, so to speak. Like, um, there's an improvement all around. So, I don't want to say they are lucky, but it's coinciding with a period where there's, there's like an improvement. Everybody is growing. There's a new change of guard. And they have good players themselves. Mm. I mean, I remember someone was saying jokingly on the timeline that that's um, the Barcelona are the reigning the performance Champions League winner and all of that. That they win the World Cup, we we'll not hear what they get. That Spain wins the World Cup, we we'll not hear what they get. I also, it's they are league too. They have good players in the league. Mm. And even the players that are not playing in the league, they brought they have a lot of them that are outside, you know, that they brought in. I for one wanted to see on a battle. I know she has left Manchester United women now, but I wanted to see her at this tournament and she has been brilliant she's and been, immense. She's been very good. She's been you immense. Know, the, yes. 
she's a brilliant right back, you know. Um, the young, the player that I can't pronounce her name now, that blessing was touting for young player of the year, was that scored yeah. the winner. Pararuelo. Again, yes. So they have really quality players, but it is also coinciding with a period that there's a change of guard. There's no American, there's no high flying American thing right now, you know. So, and a lot of, like we said, a lot of the old guards that were like pushing these top teams that are always there trying to win it. A lot of them are literally going to be, it's going to be their last tournament. Mm. So, that and of course the quality they have has brought them back. Listen, I, I I I hope this is not unfair to ask you this question or anybody in the in the pod here who can take it. Do you? This is about the the US team. Shall I even if you if you can take this take it? Do you, do you think that the do you think that the hula baloo that followed them winning the World Cup four years ago has affected the United States? women's national team they did not win the Olympics gold, they they lost to Sweden in the semis and they've also lost to Sweden here and there's from what I've, I've gathered everywhere there's a huge backlash back home because the men's national team are not are not as successful so the, the, the this is supposed to be the, um, the country's um, flag bearers so to speak when it comes to national team football um, what 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 do you think is responsible for this? What what can we say is responsible for the way they behaved? Well, for me, um, I would really first and foremost attribute the backlash they are getting to the fact that they had, you know, fighting for um, equal pay and what mm-hmm. have you. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't that didn't go down with many of the stakeholders in America, even people that weren't even sport, you know, sporting enthusiasts as well. They really go down with some people about the team asking to be paid equally, you know, taking all of the achievements. So I'm guessing the backlash was as a result of, okay, so you fought for import pay, you fought for all of this, and uh, what did you have to show for it? I mean, not bearing in mind that, you know, they have consistently performed so well for a couple of years back. But that notwithstanding, um, the issues they had, um, maybe in a way, put it down to their coach, uh, coach as well, um, uh, uh, Blasco, um, what's the son in? I can't remember his son in now. Uh, I mean, there were question marks around it, around the coach in terms of you know the kind of uh, the way he lined up his team, what their approach were to games. There were games that United States was supposed to win in the group stages that you know they pretty much fumbled their bags, and you were wondering is this the US we used to know. But I would also put also put it down to um, the fact that what I saw, I think I kind of saw a team that was aging, mm-hmm. realized they were aging, mm-hmm. and they're also realizing that they need to. Uh, to integrate fresh, uh, fresh legs, new faces into the team. Um, so I think it's Sophia Smith who you know came in to the World Cup. Um, there was a certain uh, when they were unveiling their squad, I I saw the story of a certain 18 year old who within the space of a week just finished maybe high school exams or what have you, and then was getting called up to the national team to the World Cup. So. In a way, I'd maybe spare them, I'll spare them a bit, spare their blushes because I thought I saw a team that was aging and a team that was trying to uh, smoothly transition from from the 
from the Alex Morgans of this world, you know, from from the, I mean, it, uh, from the from uh, the, uh, what's, the, what's the name of uh, Megan Rapino. We also saw the same thing when Kalilod was supposed to leave the team as well. He's always going to get to that point where you are transitioning, moving from one city to another. Mm. At some point, you, it will be difficult for you to like get, you know, what exactly you want to do. Now, this is quite different from the, Sp- uh, the Spanish case because I feel like the, the ladies in the Spanish national team right now, they're probably hungry. They have a lot to prove from yep. what I saw. Yep. Despite the fact that they have issues with their federation players, you know, uh, calling out their coach and uh, the federation side to go to go with them. But we also understand that they also have um, what has been a strong um, uh, build-up. From if you saw them at the under 17, under 20, they probably have an idea of what 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 they were building, so to speak. So okay. for the United States, I'll, I'll spare their blushes because. What I saw was the team who knew that they were aging, and they also knew that they needed to uh, transition, uh, change the guard. I mean, from the old legs into the fresh legs. So maybe next uh, at, the, at the World Cup, at the Olympics rather, mm. we'll be seeing a different USA, and maybe at the next World Cup as well, you'll be seeing a different USA who might have, you know, decided a new identity, an identity that is different from, you know, some of these old legs who will be retiring now. Of course, we're expecting them to retire. So. For me, I'll put it down to number one, the coach not not knowing so much what he was doing because, I mean, I hear he has now uh, mutually agreed to submit his contract. So the question is who would they be going for in his place? Randy. And whoever they go for, I think that... Uh, who? Randy. I heard the rumor that they're going <laughs> after Randy Waldron. Well, well, I mean, honestly, if, if anyone who saw, who saw what Randy has been able to do with Nigeria in the series, well, why we Nigerians do not really love Randy? Mm. Why we do not really, I mean, many of them, I'm, I don't think I'm in that category anyway. But why many do not really love, love Randy? Mm. So anyone who had doubts what his potentials were in the United States, I guess their eyes would start open because, like I said, I listen to many commentaries from outside of outside of Nigeria mm. and the way they objectively tried to um, try to, to analyze how Nigeria played. Yep. Especially in our games, the way we usually set up, you know, with and without the ball. They, you see, a, a part of it was thought to be down to the way Randy Wardrum has also approached the game as well. So, seeing what they saw with Nigeria, they probably would think, if this is our own our own person who has done this well with the team, uh, who with all of this, who has all of these bags, uh, baggages and what have you, how much more if it's coming to our own system where, you know, things, quote and unquote, are relatively calm and, you know, all things sorted out. So, it's a possibility anyway, but... Um, for his age as well, I, I think they want to go with somebody who, uh, who maybe a little bit more would 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 slot into uh, the transitioning because if you're not talking about you know you're not going to be talking about transitioning when you're going to somebody who who knows how many years left he has to retire or what have you. I mean, I'm not saying that to say okay maybe he's going to retire anytime soon, but I'm just wondering uh, if they'll be thinking about the long term. So for, for me, it has to be about the coach first and foremost. Who are you bringing in? And then defining what the identity would be going on, identity that's different from the ones that you've built around the old legs who are retiring very soon. Since we we've um, somehow deviated into um, Nigeria, we've not gathered together since that very painful um, defeat to England a long, long, a long, long time ago. Actually, um, we we have to talk about it very briefly. Um, a lot of people, even Lucy's just said that now that um, list watching us over those four matches that we played, that you, you would have hope for the future. Now, I'm a lot older than everybody here, and I know how Nigeria, Nigeria sports, Nigeria football, especially, 
I know how we know how we are able to deceive Nigerians for the future. We are absolutely useless at managing success. We are dreadful at managing success. So it would not even surprise me if we do not qualify for the Olympics. It would not surprise me if we don't qualify for the Olympics. It would not surprise me if we go to the next World Cup and we don't come out, we don't even win a game. That would be absolutely on brand with Nigerian football. It would be on brand with the way we manage the way we manage sports in Nigeria. That aside, how Ruth, please remind us here how you felt at the final whistle after that game against against England. Briefly, and I'll go around the houses. Let everybody remind us how they felt. I'm not going. The only person I'm not going to ask is Dufa. <laughs> Um, before speaking about that, I, I think I would just want to pass a comment on the, um, on the U.S. Um, national team. Go ahead, While please. I totally agree with what Nelson said, um, that the coach and everything, I also think one of the uh, major reasons why they failed at this World Cup so far is because I, I think they are attacking Paris. They didn't really convert their chances and um, the lack of finishing from their forwards. They had an abysmal finishing. I mean, against Sweden... I think they had about 11 to 12 um, out shots, but they were not even able to convert any. And and also the coach playing, um, I'm trying to remember this name of their striker, um, Sophia Smith, one, one of, well, arguably one of the very um, good attackers um, of, of women's um, football. I think she was played out of position on the left wing. I think she's just one of those dangerous attacking forward that plays through the middle and she was able to get some goals for her. Well, before coming into the world, but she was played out of position. So literally, I think everything boils down back um, to the coach, like blessing, right? He said. Now moving forward to Nigeria versus England games, uh, how, do, how do I feel? I really do not even thank God. Uh, it, it's been over a week or about two weeks already since we played that game. So the pain is not that um, it's not that strong anymore. Uh, first of all, it was on a Monday morning, yes. and on my way to the office, I was still on the road. It is the first time, not even when the Super Eagles is playing, have I seen anywhere being so quiet on a Monday morning. I mean, people were gathered at the viewing center to watch the Super Falcons play against England. So I, I think that was why so many of us were really, really pained after our exit against England. So I'm just, uh, uh, well, it, it was just like, like we usually say in football centers, penalties. Um, it's nobody's game, but I feel we should, it was a game we should have wrapped up before uh, before the regulation time, or at least during the extra time. We should have gotten one or two goals. I think Randy and his girls, you were not really prepared for what uh, for what later happened during the course of the game or after the game during the penalties. I think it was not really prepared. It didn't really prepare the girls for for penalties. So I, I felt that was just what really happened. But it was such such a painful game for a game that we dominated most of the game. And at the end of it, all we lost out on penalties, and it, it was just, um, just really, really painful. But I think I just hope, like you already said uh, before me, that we don't know how to manage success because we are still waiting. If Randy Wardrum is going to there find you, a new contract, you go. to see if they are going to keep the work of this team. Yes, and there's still going to be the administrative problem. There's him, there's Randy Wardrum aside calling out his employers, and I don't know if you called out your employers if you are still ready to go back to that job. So there are still so many issues that we need to deal with. So I really hope we'll be able to manage it and then go into the work on and Olympic qualifiers and then probably dominate Africa like we have always done in time past. 
and of course try to qualify for the Olympics. We have not qualified for the last two Olympics, so I think I, I think we really need we really just need to do that. No, we're not even we're not even at the 2012 Olympics, so we've missed three. Is it not? I think we've missed three.
boosted all of that. All of the in-game management, the, the changes, the substitutions it made, you know. So I think we should keep Randy, but we need to add, we need to add somebody to his technical team. Someone that should be able to read the game as an in-game. Somebody that is a master that can change tactics in-game and read it well and then, you know, make... I think that is what he needs in his back when he's back now. Um, because it was obvious that that was lucky. Dufan, stay there. I'll, I'll come to you because from you, we'll get into previewing the final. From you, we'll get into... Um, uh, we'll, we'll, from you, we'll get to previewing the final. Um, finally, on this Nigerian part of it, um, Lucy, what um, what struck me during the England game was that we, we were two things. We were victims of a dreadful refereeing decision. It was... I was watching it on the BBC... And the BBC commentators were stunned that we were not awarded a penalty for for um, um, Lucy Bronze's assault on Alozé. I, I could not believe that that penalty was not given, and they were they were they were stunned at it. Even when the game ended and they went to the studio, the guys in the studio were saying that Nigeria would complain and rightly so that they were denied a Stonewall penalty. That is one on one side. The second part is for me how how it was that this team played so well because you did not we we first half against Republic of Ireland against Republic of Ireland were awful. Really, that first half were so bad. I could not believe how bad we were. But this game against England from the first whistle. We just attacked them. How did we not, in the end, win that game before it went to penalties? You're muted, Lucy. Sorry. Yeah, um, I'm actually... You know, as soon as they gave um, Lauren James the red card and she was sent off, I started feeling somehow... I felt like we now have the perfect opportunity to win, but just I just felt like we were going to screw up. And, you know, it's also re- referencing what you said earlier on how we don't know how to manage success. I think that's why that loss was very painful because I don't know if we're going to see the uh, mm. you know, Super Falcons play like yes. the way they played against England. It, it was the perfect, like, we had to have just, you know, um, won that game even before extra time as soon as she was off I know England were going to now try to defend you know very carefully and ensure that we don't score anything or at least get any goal in but like um, someone mentioned we were just booting the ball up I don't know why we're playing air balls like just sending it you know that all the English players are there they are trying to defend and you're just sending it cluelessly into the 18th for God knows who to you know, um, poking to the net. So, I feel like tactically, like the previous person said, in-game management, when your opponent is now down 10 men, you know that you would expect them to reorganize. You too, you have to reorganize and see how you can break down whatever defense that they're going to put up. Mm. 
okay, fine, we did not win the game. It went into penalties, or we didn't win it um, during regular time. It went into penalties. I was shocked to see Oparanoze take our first penalty. I have nothing but respect for her. But, you know, she had not played in any game prior to that England game. And I just felt like whoever that would have started for us should have been someone who had at least featured in some of the games, that had some minutes um, in one of the games. And I just think from then on, we could have still salvaged something, but I don't know. I just, it was it was really sad. I was at work watching it and I was so, so sad. But you know what? After a while, it all fizzled out. And I was like, hey, we actually did, you know, put up mm, a good fighting the European champions. Yeah, I initially was so furious, so angry. I couldn't even focus. But after a while, I was like, yeah, it happened. Um, thank God some time has passed so we can now reflect and see what has happened but we should have won that game I don't even I wouldn't have said what would have happened like afterwards we just should have won that game but yeah. maybe it's good that England have qualified because someone has to defeat Spain and I trust England to do that Dufan you, you will be shocked Dufan you you were from, <laughs> from day one you had always believed that the European champions will become world champions but against England, I mean, against Nigeria, where even before the stamper um, got a red card, we were by far the better side. Did you, did, how, do you, how was your, how do you think your prediction was looking, even as that, as that game was, was going on? And having, having, survived, have, having survived that Nigeria, have you been surprised by how well England have dismissed everybody's thoughts far. To be honest, I think our like our most interesting games have been the ones we played after Nigeria and then when we won was it um China? When we five zero new new um win. But against Nigeria, I mean that game could have gone either way. It won. was it's not any either way. She have won before penalties. Not having that. Okay, okay, I agree. I agree. Okay, Nigeria should have won, but I mean, you are playing in a make or break game, and you are and you are seeing Oshola, you know, trying to do a yes. a back bicycle kick or a goal, and you know when you have chances, you are. You know, trying to romance the ball. It, it was, it was, I mean, we are playing like we were not even, you know, serious or like you said, we don't know how to manage success. And it's true. Watching from that game, the way we played, it was as if we were not even, we didn't even have plans of going. It felt like it was a rigged game because mm-hmm. we had so many chances. We had a better team. So, and like what should have gone wrong? Pain, Alozi, they had like that game and like seriously England didn't play anything. But when Lauren had that red card, I knew we were not going I knew Nigeria were not going to win that game. When I because I feel like when you have something to lose, that mm. is when mm. you know you walk Immediately, Lauren had that card. I felt like the tension in the field changed 
And instead of us being so confident and you know trying to score a goal, it felt like we we are nervous. We are playing with you know anxiousness, nervousness. Like mm. we, I don't know, playing with confidence again. I mean Nigeria. Why do I why why do I keep no we. <laughs> so yeah, that game Nigeria should have won before the extra time, before before the 90th, before even the 80th minute. Nigeria should have you know scored at least two goals and ended that game in the 90th minute instead of allowing it to go to extra time. But thinking about it, if Nigeria had I mean, Australia would have gone to the final because Australia will cook or die because it will, it will be a battle of who plays the longer ball. I mean, some care, you know, is more little up front than any of the Nigerian forwards. I'm sorry. But yes, some care is more little in front of goal. Some care has not played against Ohale or Dimeyin before. So leave that. Don't know these people would have been worried. I mean, they wouldn't have been worried about her. Yes. But anyway, listen. What, what do I wait? Do I wait? Do I wait? For for Sundays for the final, right? How would you? How would England approach this this final? Because um, they're going into the final as the favourites, and this 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 will go to everybody else. How they England are definitely odds-on favourites for the World Cup on Sunday. As a, as an England as somebody who's wanted England to win, how do you, very briefly, how do you think England will go about this final? Does Lauren James come back into the starting lineup? Mm, this is hard. No. I I have I don't know. I I've watched you know, most of the Spain players are mostly Barcelona players as well and watching Lauren against Barcelona and you know against Barcelona you see they do not give her quite the chance and you know she keeps the ball to herself she doesn't know how to release the ball like I said before mm. so I I'm not exactly sure if she would come into the ex the 11 and another thing I'm worried about is you know having time Georgia Stanway the Real Madrid in our midfield I mean I'm totally scared if she is going to play so well I know the lineup is going to be unchanged but I really hope it's changed and like because most of our players any injury People like Kira Wash, like they are they are on their last pedal. Hmm. So they are very tired legs. So I'm just I know it's okay. It's, pro- it's probably going to be the same formation she used against um, Australia. But I'm really hoping she you know she brings in new players and all of that. Okay. But yeah, I think we win. Of course you're hoping. Of course, of course you're hoping to you win. <laughs> Lucy, how do you see this final going? 
I don't know how I see it, but this is how I want it to go. England <laughs> oh, needs to. <laughs> England <laughs> needs to win because they have Chelsea players there, and I want a Chelsea player to win the World Cup. So I don't know how, and also I want Serena to actually win it. This is, you know, um, the second time that she has taken a team to the final. Mm. So I want to see her lift that trophy. I want Millie Bright of Chelsea. Um, to win that as well and all the other Chelsea I don't know I said it since I just want a Chelsea player winning it since my favourite teams are no longer um, uh, out now and no longer in the final so however she's going to set up she must ensure that she can soak up whatever um, pressure these Spaniards are going to um, put in up front and then make sure that they just get the goals that they need I don't think Lauren James might it would start maybe she might be a sub but however um Karina wants to do it she should just please make me a happy Chelsea fan <laughs> <laughs> Ruth how do you see the final going <laughs> alright uh, I really don't know where to think uh, but sorry so I would like to go back to the Nigeria um, England um, issue yeah, I think Shola highlighted all of um, Radio Wardrobe's weaknesses and I was wondering if um Olajiri is listening and the NFL. Would they still want to keep Randy Wardrobe? Because you actually highlighted all of his weaknesses and then you said we should keep him. Anyway, um, that's a side. I don't know how um, this final is going to be, but I think I really love him to, to win. I love the underdog story from coming to the uh, qualifying for the World Cup first time in 2015, fashion out of the group stages, then coming to 2019 World Cup, making it to the next crowd, and now they are first attempt. Yeah, into the finals already. I think I would love them to to, to win this because they look like one of the best and most practical teams um, in this tournament so far. They are quite expressive. I love the way the players express themselves. Mm. But uh, but they'll be playing um the defense, the, the three man um defense in Alex um Greywood, Alexander Russo, and um Millie Bright. Yes. So uh, sorry, just Kata and Millie Bright. So mm. I, I think England's um um strength. In the World Cup so far has been um, being compact at the back. I think they've only considered about three to four goals compared to what Spain, uh, Spain has considered about seven goals already in this tournament. I think they sometimes, if they want to concede um, goals, they concede in a very careless um, manner like they did in their last um, game as well. So I, I think for me, it, it can just go either way. But for Sarina Wigman, for her, she has done European champion and then all the way she has maneuvered uh, the team into the finals. I would really I would love them to get one for her as well, but it could go either way. So I think it could go either way, but for me, I'll be going with Spain for the finals. Right. So that's that's two against one. Uh, Blessing, please go ahead before Shola comes and finishes everybody here. Okay, everybody well, um, I wanted to start I wanted to start off by uh, you know sharing my thoughts on the Nigerian game. I was in my feelings for the most part of that day. I mean, it was a Monday morning and mm. I my Monday mornings, after, uh, I don't actually have to get to work in the morning until afternoon. So I was in my bed all through watching that game. And honestly, uh, I, it kind of ruined the entire day for me, to be sincere. But, I mean, I've heard a lot, you know, we've highlighted his, um, Randy Wardrum's, you know, uh, mistakes and competences in the game, talked about in-game management and what have you. And I think we also forgot that the NFL, because of the squabble that he had with him, uh, prevented him from taking his right hand man, uh, that lady, quote, uh, man, quote unquote, now, uh, that lady who has been his uh, long time associate, 
long-term assistant who mm. has always been by his side. He mm. drafted in somebody new with him mm-hmm. for the sake of that World Cup. It's almost like we have forgotten that. But uh, be that as it may, penalty is a game for anyone like they say. I mean, you have to give Zara Paranose uh, lo- some level of respect for stepping up to take that penalty. I hear many people say, uh, you know, uh, uh, I saw the show I wanted to play Heroes Ball by playing the last penalty, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you have to understand that if they are under enormous pressure at that point in time. And normally, Zaya is a very good penalty taker, normally. Yes. That she lost it was the pressure that she was under at, at that point. And uh, I also wanted to address uh, Michelle Aloze, people saying, okay, why is she, uh, you know, playing penalty with a weaker foot? You should also understand that she's a player who uses both foot, foot very well. Mm. I think I remember seeing her on the left side for Nigeria when where Randy Wadham, you know, took over uh, before eventually moving out to the right side where she has been, you know, a permanent, a permanent feature or a regular feature for a while. So, again, if she has caught that goal, we would have said it's a strategy. She wanted to confuse maybe Edge. That's if they have scored. So, I mean, we would always come up with excuses and say, this is why it didn't work, this is why it didn't work. But of course, kudos to the girls. They did so well. I mean, it's really hurtful that we had to go out at that point because we had England for the taking away on the plaza. And I dare say no other team has pushed them to the limit like we did. Yep. I mean, since they, since they, yep. since they pushed, you know, pushed a lot of competition, even in group stages. I mean, I can't remember anything who actually pushed them to the limit as much as we did. So we were such a credible opponent for them, uh, which, I mean, is to the credit of the girls. But now to the finals, I feel like England have the experience playing in this final. I mean, this they are European champions. They were at the final last year of the European Women's Championship playing against Germany last year. Sarina Bridgman also coming with the experience of, you know, being the first uh, woman coach. Yes, the first coach ever, actually, man, man or woman, to lead a team to back-to-back finals in the Women's World Cup. Remember, she was the coach of the, was in Netherlands, yes, yep. uh, in the World Cup, where she led them to the finals. And now here she is, leading England against another final. I mean, for, for her CV, she's done really great. They have the experience of playing in finals. She herself personally has the experience of playing in finals. So that's definitely going to count hugely to their advantage. I do not expect uh, Lauren James to walk back into that certain lineup. I feel like they found the formula without her, which has also very worked very well. I think Ozella Tuno was drafted in to replace her. I mean, it will be in Serena Benjamin's best interest to continue with that, allow Lauren James to come off the bench and, you know, repair her reputation. Mm. That put it that she was having a great tournament before that, you know, that rush of blood to the head moment you know, against, uh, against Nigeria. So, allow her coming maybe in the second half repair her reputation. And for Spain as well, um, I think they have learned a huge lesson from that defeat to Japan, where they were practically trashed, like trash, trash, trash. No, they no, were playing do, all do, of the balls. Do, yes, you see that defeat. If like, this is where I'm hope, this is where I'm banking on. This one banking on um, that the Spaniards we use going to that final. They played Japan off the stadium and yet lost scandalously. And yes, lost the game, yes. Yes. So, I think that will be at the back of your mind this time when they, when they go up against England. Exactly. Exactly. And also seeing that, like, I don't think the Lionesses are kind of a team who would like to play on a counter-attack. They also want to want to express themselves. So, it will be good to see. I mean, the way I saw Spain play against Sweden, I think it would be nice to see them, you know, come again in that kind of mode. But this time around, be more emphatic, you know, take their chances when they can. Mm. Outrageous goals that they scored in that game, my goodness. I mean, great goals, honestly. I, I feel like they are futures in their hands. They have nothing to lose at this point because this is a team that was, you could say, were freshly put together from the scratch yep. after the, you know, the clash that they had with the tradition. Mm. And um, it's a team, I, I, I expect them to express themselves, like good said, you know, we play and also be very mindful of keeping the back open because Japan was, were able to capitalize on that. Sweden couldn't do that. So they're going to tap you around 
play the ball around like they do, keep possession like they do. But the most important thing is that they take, you know, every half chance. In fact, half chance. If you know, get me chance, half chance, take them. That's the only way I think they can go through. But of course, I'm rooting for them all through. I like the underdog story as well. Um, also, because, I mean, if they do it, if England gets to win, I will not go yearward. And I, and I won't yearward. <laughs> so basically, I'm all for Spain winning this. Um, go on, um, Dufan. Go on, your, hands are, your hand is up. Unmute yourself. Okay, I said... Um, you know, England and Spain have faced each other before in the Euros, and yes. um, it, 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 it was it was a really terrific match. I mean, they really cooked bronze in that right back. Like they cooked half so bad in that game. I don't on my feet, like biting my nails, like. I was, in fact, in my head, I, I thought we had lost that game. And going into this game, I don't think Serena is going to use the same method, you know, the same formula she used against them in the previous game. And uh, I don't think uh, also they are the same, you know, most of the players are injured. And so it's going to be like a different approach. And watching from that Japan's game, you mm. realize that once you allow the Spaniards keep the ball, you can defeat, you can, you know, you can have an edge over them. You see how Japan didn't let them keep the ball and they kept on, you know, how Japan didn't let them keep the ball and that's how, you know, Japan were able to win that game. I mean, if we go into that game with the idea of playing Tikitaka or pass me, I pass you. They are so going to whoop our ass. So I just hope we, you know, we use the Japan approach and you know be smart about it because I really need to, you know, shut all my haters up. Exactly blessing. She's saying she wants to hear what but we're right. Um before we before we go quickly, uh, um everyone, I'll start with you, Shola. Um who was who's been your best player in the tournament? Or who have you enjoyed watching the tournament? I have I have enjoyed watching Alex Greenwood. My God. Alex Greenwood oozes class on the ball. And sincerely, Alex Greenwood is, for me, the main reason why England have been so um, stingy at the back. Because she 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 snuffs out danger so quickly. And then she progresses the ball so beautifully. Yes, so for, for the teams into the final, Alex Greenwood has been, for me, for England and for Spain, Hermoso, I think. Hermoso, they are number 10. Yes, they are number 10. She is, she is so good. She is so good on the ball. As you can guess, I, I, I am a shameless lover of left-footed players. The, these two players I've mentioned <laughs> are very good with their left foot. So yes, yes. Start, shall I, who's been very quickly your your standout players for the tournament? Okay, I think I've enjoyed watching Lauren Hem. Yeah, I've enjoyed watching Lauren Hem. She has she has been brilliant for England. She has been really good for them in attack, especially you know and. Especially in situations where England have to play on the counter, which I think would be the case against Spain. But Spain, of course, would want to keep the ball. 
England would want to stay on the counter, and that that would even that would help them better because they are paid and you know and all of that. So it would help them. So it's just but the challenge now will be cutting out because Spain would do a lot of picky tackle things, passing the ball in the uh, between the lines. So it is how well England can cut that out and quickly progress the ball to the ladies running up front. I take it you so want an England win. Well, I want an England win, yeah. but I feel like Spain can also also have a very good chance. England, bless me, England don't have a goalkeeper <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Okay. England do not really have a goalkeeper in their post. So I feel like Spain, so this is the thing, Spain can do the old tiki-taka, knock the ball around and tear up the England defence open and score. Or they can even go, oh, it's a television goal, brilliant goal, those nice strikes and Muriel is left, you know, in no man's land. So there are so many ways that they can go about it. But then England are very dangerous on the counter. Once they cut the ball out, they are very, very dangerous on the counter. So what what I am sure of I'm setting up the idea. Spectacle, I expect the spectacle on Sunday. So that said, um, like I said, Lauren Hemp has been very good for me. Also, Jeff Sata has been very, very good in that England backline. Do you, do you people very, see, do you see any non Chelsea player at all on the pitch? Lauren Hemp is a Man City player. Oh, she is. On a battle that I praised earlier, was a Manchester United player. Okay. Lucy, come in. Your players of the tournament. Uh, well, players have impressed me. Before the red card, Lauren James was um, very exciting to watch. Mm. Not just because I'm a Chelsea player. No, of course not. <laughs> um, yeah. um, Hinata. Not because her name is Hinata and it reminds me of Naruto, but Hinata of Japan. Um, I just liked how she knew how to score. Mm. You give her the ball and she knows how to get it into the, um, the net. And um, at least someone else who I think caught my eye is Mary Fowler of um, Australia. So yes, obviously, as the players that have been mentioned, yeah, they have been mentioned before. These are just players that I know that I'm remembering that I, I, I watched them and I was um, really impressed. Um, so yeah, I think these are just a few. Lauren James for sure. Um, in addition to obviously the other ones that have been mentioned, but Lauren James, Paula, and Hinata, just for the reasons I've given. Very quickly, Ruth, which players caught your attention? Well, I, I think you took um, Alistair Wood out of my mouth. I, I think she's been really, really brilliant for all the job, for all the push of the factory of the English national team as well. I think um, Alistair Wood deserves a lot of praises. She's had more touches than any other players going into the finals. She's also had the most interceptions as a defender going into the finals. I think for me, she's been brilliant. But I also give a shout to Spanish um, Salma Parallel. She has been really, really good as well. She's got the, that winning goal against the Netherlands. Uh, I think she's really, really been brilliant as a left wing as well. So I think those are just a few of the players. I also, I think, um, I'm trying to remember her name. 
Ella's clothes as well. She's been good. So those are the players that put my heart. I want to give a shout to me for all of these ingredients. Blessing. Dufan, wait, we'll come to you. Let Blessing answer. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was trying to uh, unmute myself. So, uh, ah, it's very tough for me to say who might possibly be winning the Golden Ball, but I've had my eyes on Inata. Although Japan are out of the tournament, mm. but she's also, you know, been very good with the goals as well. Five goals so far, leading everyone else. Uh, Mary Fowler of Australia. Um, of course, they are playing for third place, but Alex Greenwood as well, she has stood very tall and uh, Paralelo, except for the fact that I know she's going to be nominated for Young Player of the, of the Tournament, I also think she should be in the running for the Player of the Tournament as well. She's been a revelation. I mean, absolutely interesting, you know, she, uh, the way she's she scores, If she scores the winner on Sunday, she probably might win both. I'm, I'm telling you, she probably might win both if she scores the winner. So she is a leading candidate, honestly, for me. I, I really love how she's... she's I know she's, it's, it's a breakout season, basically, let me that way, and she's been able to really stand for authority and say, you know what, I'm here, and that this is what I have to offer. So, yes, those are the people that I have my eye on for the Golden Ball. Um, Dufan, finally, quickly. Okay, sorry, my, um, the player that, uh, that caught my eyes in the tournament, um, is if, is, I don't know if you guys know her, Betro. A France under 19 player. She plays for Olympic Lion and. Oh, okay. Better. Yes, she always comes on the bench. Yes, you know, she is a top. She's an amazing player and for real, yeah. She, she, as usual now, Lion have already signed her. I think she's a Lion Academy player. Mm. So she's the one that caught my eye. And yes, Hinata. Right. Like blessing, not reminding me of Naruto, but then yeah, she's always there to put it in. Ladies, so those are the two. I want to thank you all, but listen, we need everybody's. We need to be. Let me know who is who now. Let's be on board. Um, I'm going to call your name. You just tell me which country will win. Just the name of the country. No story. Lucy. England. England is winning. Blessing. Spain. Spain, 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 Spain. All the way, Spain. Ruth. I'm going to Spain. I'm not asking. There's no need to ask Dufan. Shola. <laughs> ah, I'll go with England. Right. So I take it with Dufan also going for England, right? Dufan. England, oh, England, all the way, but I don't know, I'm scared. It's very I have I'm, very... I'm very happy that you are scared. It's been noted by the board. <laughs> it's been noted by the board. So, listen, ladies, I want to thank you all so very much for being on this um, penultimate episode of this FIFA Women's World Cup series. Um, we'll be back after the final to do the final episode and do a preview, a review of the final. Thank you. Thank you so very much for coming on board again. Bye. Thank you. Yes, and for you listeners, thank you for um, being with us on this 
final, well, not final, the penultimate episode of this series of Your Sports Memo Podcast. My name is Kevin Emekomuka, and it's been my pleasure and my privilege to have you join us in this episode. So, until we come away with the final episode of the series, peace.